This is episode six of the ADR podcast. Every day I talk for about five or six minutes on this podcast, but today it's going to be a little bit longer. What I'm doing for today's episode is I have my playlist of favorite soundtrack moments open, and I'm going to go through them and talk to you guys about my favorite soundtrack moments from movies. Like I mentioned on Monday, I should be able to put in clips from soundtracks without paying anyone because nobody is paying me. And right now this episode is about 30 seconds long. I can imagine it's going to be a lot longer once I edit in bits from the movies I talk about. Now let's start going through this playlist I have open. This one's almost too easy. It's from The Breakfast Club, Don't You Forget About Me, the most iconic bit of 80s music from a movie, in my opinion. My favorite thing about how this is used in the movie is that it opens and closes The Breakfast Club. It's almost like a call to the beginning of the movie. Where did we go from the beginning? What have we learned in all this? And when it's a movie like The Breakfast Club, the characters and the audience really, really learn a lot every time they watch it. For a really sharp left turn, going off of my talk about cult movies yesterday, this is a selection from Repo the Genetic Opera. Just like this kind of industrial music really isn't for everyone, Repo certainly is not for everyone. It's this strange futuristic story about organ repossession. It is a blast. It's really funny, really bloody, really weird. I love it. And this kind of music is really rowdy and fun. It's great for midnight movies. I saw this with an audience of people that have already seen this movie a trillion times. And they were singing and dancing and yelling things. It was great. This kind of music is perfect for that. From Zach Braff's Garden State, this is the Shin's new slang. This is from the moment in the movie where Zach Braff's character meets Natalie Portman's character, and this is one of the best examples in a movie of how music really informs a character. I really wish I could drop video clips in here to show you, but during this song, as Zach Braff's character Andrew listens to it for the first time, there's this wonderful lingering shot, I think it's slightly slow motion too, of Natalie Portman as she watches Andrew listen to the song for the first time. And she says to him, this song will change your life. What she really means is that I will change your life. It's so great, I love how this music works with the movie. The entire rest of the soundtrack, too, is fantastic. If you can find it at your local record shop or online or something, I definitely recommend picking it up and giving it a listen. I didn't 
like Inside Lewin Davis nearly as much as a lot of other people did, but I feel like it deserved a lot more Oscar nominations than it got this year. Then again, this fantastic movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, really didn't get any nominations for its music either from the Academy, which I think is ridiculous. It is certified platinum eight times over. I can't believe it. It won Album of the Year in 2002 at the Grammys. This soundtrack blows my mind every time I hear it, and here's why. Listen. The place where he was born in understand how Wes Anderson gets away with putting all of these British Invasion songs into his movies that are so precise and crisp and polished, and then scoring it with his music that's very, very grungy and raw. This is the opening song to Rushmore, Making Time by Creation. Up until this point in the movie, maybe three or four minutes in, the movie was scored with this very preppy, polished kind of music, and then when it introduces its rebel character Max Fisher, there's this music, and it works really well to illustrate his character in the face of all that strange stuff that he's living in. give you a second to dry your eyes before I start talking. I want to go to bed. What I think is so special about how this song is used in Perks of Being a Wallflower is partly based on the fact that this was so beloved by fans of the book. When the main character Charlie wrote in the letters we read in the book about how much he loved this song after Sam showed it to him, you couldn't really hear this song without thinking about Perks of Being a Wallflower. It's Asleep by the Smiths. That's not too uncommon. You can't really hear Stuck in the Middle with you without thinking about Reservoir Dogs. The thing is that a book did this. I think that's really impressive that a book was able to create those same feelings. And when the movie adaptation was being made and the author was directing the movie and writing the screenplay, I think it was brilliant the way that this moment was finally paid off. People could finally go to the theater and see this song being used in the context of the perks of being a wallflower for the first time. And given how devoted and huge that fan base is, it had to have been a pretty special moment to finally see it for the first time like this. I bet you won't be able to guess what movie this song is from. Directed by Edgar Wright, it's Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. This is by Broken Social Scene, the song is called Anthems for a 17-Year-Old Girl, and I think this is such a huge anomaly in movie soundtracks these days. 
This song is in this movie for maybe 10 seconds in the very, very background in this one scene where Scott and Knives meet for one of the last times in the movie. When you watch it, you can barely hear it. I'm sure most people didn't even notice the song was in the movie the first few times they saw it. I bought the soundtrack. I listened to it all the way through. This song blew my mind. It's one of my favorite songs of all time now, but it's barely in the movie that it's on the soundtrack for. I guess the moral of the story here is... If you like a movie, then check out the soundtrack, dig into it, see what's there, see what cool stuff isn't necessarily in the movie, but maybe something will really illuminate how you feel about it. If this song is anthems for a 17-year-old girl, then Scott Pilgrim is a manifesto for 20-year-old college kids. Those were two downers in a row. Let me make sure that this next song is nice and upbeat. the subject of Scott Pilgrim, let's take a moment to appreciate how awesome this music is that Jeff Beck wrote for it. I was reading an interview with Edgar Wright, and he said that one of the jokes in the movie was originally going to be that you never actually heard Sex bob play, because fictional bands for movies are rarely very good. But once they started getting this music from Beck, then they were like, wow, we, we need to have all of this in the movie. He's even come out and said that if he was ever to do a director's cut of Scott Pilgrim, the only thing he would really change would be to make the musical sequences longer. This is from a video game and not a movie, but it's Journey, uh, the soundtrack of which is composed by Austin Wintry. I feel like I should include it here just because Journey is such a strange video game. It's almost like an interactive movie. It only takes about two hours to play through. The visuals are definitely at the top of the developer's priorities. To say much more would spoil the experience, and I highly recommend that you find a friend who's played this and has a PlayStation 3. They would gladly help you out and let you play this just because this is a game that its fans really want people to experience. Well, we're clocking in at just over 10 minutes, so to take us out, here is something from Boogie Nights. If there was ever a movie that really relies on the music to tell the story, it's Boogie Nights. As the story progresses from the 70s into the 80s, the music changes, as characters change, the score really adapts well. I'd go so far as to say this movie has one of the best soundtracks of all time, not just because the music is fantastic, but because it works so well with the movie. And it's relevant because Philip Seymour Hoffman, in his passing, I'll be watching this movie sometime this week with a few friends, and who knows, it may just be the topic of a future episode.
to me, movie soundtracks are something you can take from a movie, put in your pocket, and take with you. Show them to friends and be like, this is what this movie's about. Play some of the music from it, and then you'll have such a great idea of what a movie is. If you haven't seen Boogie Nights and just heard that song for the first time in relation to Boogie Nights, you know 50% of what the movie is. It's that kind of style, it's that kind of genre, it's that kind of attitude. And you got that from not even seeing the movie. And we just broke 12 minutes, so now we're officially a double episode. Thanks for listening to the show today. You can find me on Twitter at BrianHam93, so you can verbally abuse me for doing such a long episode. And sometime later this week, you'll be able to find me on iTunes and subscribe with your favorite podcasting app. Have a good day. 